episode is brought to you by Tambourine Spring Wallet. Visit tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today. Tambourine Spring Water is a local business situated on Mount Tambourine. Their water is bottled at the source on their 163 meter deep privately owned spring. The spring provides access to a free-flowing underground stream which is where their premium quality spring water comes from. It then goes through a very strict sediment and UV filtration process to ensure the final product remains both consistent and of brightest quality. It is then bottled and stored until it leaves for the client's home or office. Most water companies in Australia all cut their water from a contractor before being processed and then bottled, which leaves lots of room for contamination and foreign bodies entering the water. In Tambourine Springs, it's a matter of minutes from when the water is extracted from the spring into a bottle, which is then sealed and stored into a cool, dark environment. The spring water is naturally bacteria-free and passes all quality tests prior to filtration. Despite that, Tambourine Springs water have one of the strictest filtration systems, so there is no room for error when it comes to your drinking water. They do not add any chemicals whatsoever to the drinking water, the only thing the filters are doing is removing sand and sediments that comes naturally with the water. The three-stage system is there to ensure no bacteria have found its way into the water. When you purchase your water from Tambourine Spring water, you know you will receive the best spring water Southeast Queensland has to offer from a local family on a mission to provide the best service and quality. Water companies are often blamed with a good reason for polluting the environment with plastic bottles. This is not the case with Tambourine Spring Water. Your water is delivered to your door in 50 or 20 liter bottles and your used bottles are collected, disinfected and refilled again. So zero plastic waste goes into the environment. Me and my family are also using Tambourine Springs water way before they, they decided to sponsor this podcast. By experience, once you drink real spring water for a while, you cannot drink from the sink anymore or any commercial waters on the supermarket because it smells bad and has a bad taste. Ridiculously enough, in Australia you can mix 50% of the water with tap water and label and sell it as spring water. This is not the case with Tambourine Springs water. I personally know the family who owns it and I have been numerous times in their small factory to see my water being bottled straight from the spring after the filtration process. Majority of my team also purchased their drinking water from Tambourine Springs water. Find out more at tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the FightZoo podcast. I'm Seth, and in this episode I talk with IMFA Queensland Open Division C featherweight champion under 65.8 kilograms, my friend, teammate and student Amir Mood from Fight Cool Bully Team Gokos Australia. You can find more about Fight Cool Bully Team in Facebook FCBT Australia, Instagram FC underscore bully underscore team or fightcoolbullyteam.com. You can also follow Amir Mood at Instagram AMWERM14. We will also announce a cool grappling project starting soon, so stay tuned. Why do we fight? To protect home and family. To preserve balance and bring harmony. For our kind, the true question is, what is worth fighting for? The fight is all podcast. Okay, we are. First of all, 
Congrats for your achievement. Thank you. As, as your coach, I'm, I'm happy you did. It's good. Not very often we get to see you happy. Oh, that's the work of the coach. If, you, if you're too happy, you don't achieve results. You have to be grumpy. <laughs> At least that's how I'm taught. Okay, so we already had you on the podcast, which is so super <laughs> cool episode. episode. Yeah. It's, it's very fun. Now we're going to talk about sports. So uh, can you start? Can you tell the story about your sports, combat sport history, how you started, uh, mm. what brings you to, to the combat, combat sports, and how that uh, lead you know to get, okay, apparently like uh, different from the, from the other athletes, yeah, I'm your coach, so. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that definitely helped. Definitely. Helped. Well, um, I started sport like kind of, I'd say, I wouldn't say combat sport, I started martial arts, you know, when I was in school for a little bit. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't call that combat sports. What do you start it with? Uh, it was a, well, first I started Kung Fu when I was like, you know, young. Yeah, everyone does Kung Fu or Karate just as a, you know. But uh, it was actually one of my dad's best friends and he trained in Taiwan with like um, one of Bruce Lee's students and, you know, he was like pretty good. So we, that's where I kind of got like the, the discipline and, you know, you just do all those weird exercises for your wrists and your legs and all that. So that's kind of where it all started. We did that for a little bit, just, you know, on and off in the backyard and then um, kind of stopped for ages and then started um, at a, How old you was at that time? I was like maybe great like to the I was maybe 12, 13 mm -hmm. just you know it was like on and off for a bit it wasn't anything serious and then um, we went into like later on uh, I started training at a like it's a, what do they call it it's like a it's like French kickboxing. I can't remember the name of it. Savat. Savat. It's like Savat. So like the, they kick and uh, they have your power hand forward and your power leg forward. That's kind of yeah, how it's, they... it's it's form of kickboxing. I, I have seen Savat fighters on, on kickboxing comps mm. and they, I, I actually know like I saw a good one uh, uh, when I won K1 uh, match in Greece. You know, there was a, a Moroccan guy who yeah. was uh, Savat guy like we was fighting k1 rules though so like uh he was fighting another greek guy but uh, we was hanging out like before like Mor moroccans are like yeah, tough guys, you know, yeah. like kickboxing their national sport so mm -hmm. like he was uh, telling me about savat and how like you can actually kick straight to the knee like which is normally not the one yeah. like, in more more kickboxing it's interesting rules. style it's very interesting it's interesting now it's one of these uh like uh, not so popular ki ki kickboxing styles and also european style like it derives somewhere like a thing like 16th century yeah. in Europe, yeah. As a fighting style, like uh, it. I have. I don't know if you have listened to this episode with uh, with uh, with Peter, like uh, for the European martial arts. Yeah. Like he's doing this medieval yeah, yeah. fencing, but they are actually martial arts like who derive from Europe. Most people, you know, think about you know like everything comes from Asia. Yeah. They actually know like quite efficient martial arts yeah. that come from Europe. Yeah, well, it's it's well. This one's very efficient because it's all it's all about speed. You know, it's not like a oh, one punch you're gonna knock the guy out. It's all about just hitting him in and out, in and out. And that's where I actually started. I learned to kick off my right foot because I'm right-handed, left-footed. So I never used to kick with my right foot I, before. I even I was comfortable. We didn't kick or do anything silly. But that's where I actually kind of started to learn to kick off my right because I'm a bit weird, right-handed, left-footed rather than right-hand, right-foot or left-hand, left-footed. So got the best of both worlds in that situation but um yeah so i did that and then that was like on and off for a bit and then i started later uh, not long ago started oh, maybe three years ago i was just trained a bit of mma on the gold coast and then 
not long after that, I met you, and then we've been training in the garage and um, yeah. and eventually the gym ever since then. And that's where I think it all, because I did a bit of jiu-jitsu, you know, like you did bits and pieces and you're all scattered, but where it all came together was when I started training with you and there was more of a wrestling because um, I was always too excited to get finishes and do all crazy shit without having the bases. So it was good to um, get that side of the equation sorted. Yeah, it's, it's important to have like a base yeah. and then everything, everything else sticks, you know. But yeah. if you just, uh, you know, have random stuff that, uh, you know, come here and there, you have pieces of the puzzle that are not in place, so yeah. you cannot have a picture. You need to have like uh, the the core of the puzzle and then like the advanced pieces come come, come just yeah, in definitely. place. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so that was a bit, that's kind of my journey. It's not really like a, yeah, I'm sure there's some better stories and journeys. There's nothing exciting with my one. It's pretty just straightforward. All of the Gold, oh, Brisbane and Gold Coast. And um, yeah, it's good. So I know the answer of that, but how your preparation went, went for this uh, for this competition? And I know it was quite a bit of a crazy. <laughs> it was and, shit. Know, like... <laughs> Not the, look, the training side was good. You know, like the training side, obviously we, we, we're very methodical with how we train and that was good. But um. The build-up was absolutely dog shit. Like, you saw picking up the mats from the ports in Brisbane and dealing with, like, troubles in the gym and then, you know, work. And it was just, honestly, like, I think if... They tell the story about the the last week. It, it, it was quite hectic. You oh, know? Yeah. I, I haven't, haven't <laughs> spoken publicly, but we we had a crazy week prior to, to, the, to the... I was trying not to keep you not involved as much <laughs> as I can, you know, just, you know, because right. I know you had to fight. But you know, I had to because in the end was I need like, help. Yeah, it it's wasn't just... a one-person job. But yeah, so we were uh, we were waiting for our mats to come from China, which is what the tournament was based on. You know, the octagon-style mats, which is something different, and uh, we're actually quite proud of to have. But yeah, they were coming from China, and they were scheduled to arrive. I think it was like uh, two days before the weekend of the competition. And you know, the shipment was arriving, and then you know, they the ports were telling us that they may take up to five business days to unpack so we started losing our shit going off oh, like how are we going to get this done um so we ordered for an urgent unpack paid for that because you know in australia everything costs you money <laughs> and then um after that we got the customs clearance we uh came in a little bit above than what we expected but then the freight forwarder was the one that really stuck us good um anyway details aside we got absolutely destroyed and fees and, <laughs> and yeah we, and uh, then we, we we went with the with the youth, with the youth of uh, one of our members yeah like one of the members him Dave is awesome yeah good and we have like everything just pretty much piled over the youth it was yeah. <laughs> driving from Brisbane up to the Gold Coast and that was like and it turned out that day like with all the rushing around me and Sev both had very small breakfasts. So Sev, I think, had a protein shake. I had this little... Last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little oregano wrap in the morning. So um, finally, we're on our way back from Brisbane. There's a bit of traffic, which is normal. Um, this was, what was it, Thursday? What was Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. Before, the, before the comp. Yeah, so Thursday. So on our way back, like it was, I think we end up arriving at five o'clock at the PCYC. Yeah. And then Sev had a security shift that night, so then, yeah, we had to drop the mats. And we got there, they're like, oh, we don't have anywhere to store them. <laughs> Bullshit, you're keeping them here. So eventually sorted that out. 
went to the Marqueda, which was, it was good actually because I didn't have to cut weight for this fight. So originally I was dropping to fight at 61, but then yeah, the lack of um, yeah, you got you got much in brackets, so it went up to 66. So it was good. So I was we went and had a Mexican quesadillas, and <laughs> oh, we got to do a podcast about Melbourne eventually, so they know the stories. But yeah, yeah like you have this uh, in the, this tradition with the Mexican food before. But they, tell the story about the, the oh, yeah, Melbourne so, now. It's funny story. So, um, so Melbourne, you know, like. I'm Lebanese, so I got a lot of family in Melbourne. So we went there uh, a year, year and so a half. So we're speaking about the the first fight of Amir that was uh, in uh, in Arnold Classic. It was organized by MMF. Yeah. So it was in Melbourne. Uh, was it 2017? It was two years ago, I think. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, we, I was I was back from Asia 2016. So that was that should be 2017. Yeah. So, yeah. So um yeah. So in Melbourne, we were cutting weight. We we're getting uh, we we're fighting at sixty one kilos, I think it was sixty one point two, and um so everything was on track. You know, we were at the low airport. I was jumping on the scales there where, where they weigh luggage to get the weights. We we're monitoring it. It was all perfect, and then um we get to Melbourne, and you know when you're cutting weight, you kind of you become a bit stupid for those of you that haven't cut weight because you're cutting out carbs and sugars and you're dehydrated. You feel like shit. That's all part of the, the fun. So anyway, so it was there. And then Sev, all I remember, it was dumb, but Sev was like, oh, you know, just have a little bit of protein, some healthy fats because you're on weight. Just, you know, like nothing too much. Just keep it, you know, clean. And I was like, like avocado. And he's like, yeah, like a little bit of avocado, a little bit of this. And I was like, sweet. So, but all that stuck in my head was avocado. I've got to eat avocado. And so we're in Chapel Street. And then Sev's like, all right, I'll leave you with your family. The thing is, I was I was on your head because that was your first fight ever. At least, at least uh, since since you trained together. Yeah. And I was on your head because you know I was trying you not know, to to keep you from any mistakes. And then like you was going you know to see your family and say okay you know you can <laughs> Let you, be. you you can you can you can survive without me for one hour or something. <laughs> yeah. So we um I was going all up Chapel Street. It was at night looking for avocado, and. Surprise, surprise, the only place that did avocado was a Mexican joint. And um, so I went in there, I was like, oh, I was like looking at the menu, I saw quesadilla. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a bit of meat, a bit of avocado, I'll tick the boxes, I'll get it. I ended up eating quite a few of them. And then, because um, you get carried away, you don't realize you've got friends and family, you're just eating and talking and talking and eating. And then got home, you know, we, we <laughs> the hotel room was another classic. It was yeah. terrible. It was, had holes in the wall and the homeless people smoking out the front. There was the smoke was coming in and yeah, it was one of those. It was a good. It was a good time though. And then next morning, you can tell the story from there. No, you tell the story, but oh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so well, first of all, I I get super mad when I when I when I morning. hear what 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 you ate. Yeah, so we woke up and then Sev's like, oh, jump on the scales, I jump on the scales. He's like, what the fuck did you eat? In his accent, I was like, oh, that avocado and. Like, what else did you eat? I'm like, like Mexican? What did you have? Casadillas? That's fucking corn base. It doesn't break down in your body. And I was like, oh shit, he goes, you're running. So we um chucked on, I think I chucked on Sev's trackies and jumper, my trackies, I had my brother's trackies and jumper on top. And I was just running around Melbourne Convention Center with all the bodybuilders were there eating their donuts and you know, all comfortable and yeah for people who don't know like uh, that uh arnold classic is very big like bodybuilding competition so like uh, like uh, the imf compost kind of side comp like it's a sport festival they like all kind of sports there combo sports but the main competition is bodybuilding and fitness competition 
So, um, yeah, so then that was that. So eventually, like, finally, like, I was sweating and spitting and just trying to get that last, like, couple hundred grams. 200 grams. Yeah. It was about 200 grams. It was so dang. It got to the point where I just had no moisture left to, to get rid of it. We finally made weight, which was, which was good. And then um, we got in, and then um, I just wanted to rehydrate a little bit. That's when the that, that pre-workout came. And I was like, oh, like, uh, I was, uh, wife's I was like, oh, just can you get some Gatorade or something just so I can have a bit with my water just to get some salts and, you know. Uh, so, and then she's just like, she came back with this can. It's like, oh, it's like Gatorade. I'm like, I didn't read it. I was just like, yeah, cool. I'll just have a sip. So I had a sip. And then all of a sudden you get that, you know, that when you're about to vomit, all that saliva comes into your mouth. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, that's what happened when you're cutting weight and then, uh, like, uh, every taste that, that if, when you would be hungry and not, not drink for a while, every taste, like, it's, like, 30 times stronger yeah, yeah. and it's disgusting like anything sweet anything sour like you, you feel like it. 100 times more it's just not like the normal taste mm. and you know uh, all these like expo drinks they're like you know like extra flavor just just for yeah uh, so it just oh, doesn't help it was messed up so yeah so i had a sip of that and um then my stomach clicked i had my hands wrapped at the time and i'm like i got a spew ran to the toilets i was just projectiling everywhere <laughs> Finished doing that, got myself looking like a human again, came out, and I, I think I was like uh, three fights away or four fights away or something, and then it was time to warm up. So I'm looking in the warm-up area, there's just me and another guy, because they had the warm-up area all caged oh, off. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck's my coach? Uh, look, and then there's Arnold bloody standing in the warm-up area, but because it's Arnold, his security's blocked off the warm-up area, so then Seb was trying to get in. And then eventually he broke his way through into the yeah, area. Yeah, just like pushing security yeah, so yeah, just, just to get you know, to the warm-up area. Yeah, so we finally got that done and then um, warmed up and fought and eventually got second um, in the in the division. And yeah, it was just crazy, crazy. But yeah, it was it was still fun. Like mentally I was good, you know, which is always, we, we emphasise the mental game. I'm always strong mentally my fights and once you're in the zone that's it you know whatever happened if you got a broken foot or a broken head you just it's too late to do anything you just go in and you deal with the problems afterwards so but anyway so with this one where were we with this one Seth? yeah so we, we had the mexican uh that was perfect so mexican that's it the mexican food so um yeah so that's a kind of the lucky charm is the mexican food so but this time i could eat we had a full platter and i was, I was, I was still underweight for the fight which was good and then um, Friday, what happened Friday? The Friday before the fight was pretty cruisy day. I just had lots of work up on the mountain. It was cruisy for you. Like Friday, the, the goals didn't come. So I just have to go oh, find yeah. the goals. So it's another, another story there. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that was sorry, you know. Oh, wait, we've got to get to the weigh-ins because I got stuck up on the mountain after weigh-ins. So like, um, <laughs> so, so, so Friday was like, I was like trying to rest on Friday because I'm like, you know what, like I want to at least have one day where I don't do anything. I can get a massage. I can, you know, try and be a human. But of course, we, you know, we had stuff we had to do up with the, the business and um, sort that out. So Friday was like working. I didn't quite rest. After I did that on Friday, I was like, you know what, I'll go get a haircut, get a massage, which I did, which I was happy because that's probably what made me feel like a human again. And then we did our light session, our little, you know, warm up and shadow boxing. That was Friday done. And Saturday, we weighed in the morning and I said, okay, I'm going to go sleep. Because we weighed in at like nine and then we didn't need to fight till like two or three o'clock. 
So I said, I want to go sleep. And, um, you know, uh, our family friend, he had a leaking taps that day. So I had to go fix them, of course. So anyway, driving up the mountain after weigh-ins and it was raining. And, you know, it's up on Mount Tambourine, so it gets real slippery. And the van's front-wheel drive and I just lost traction. And then it literally, I was not able to, because where the old road is, the water goes over the road a lot. And in the rain, it gets slippery. So it took me like 20 minutes just to go over 200 meters of the mountain. When I finally got to the top of the mountain, Eddie's calling me, hey, I need the taps, you're still coming. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I was like, you know what, I'm not meant to have rest. I went to Reese, bought the taps, bought the plumbing gear I needed, came back to the comp, and then um, we fought. You know, it was, a, it was a messy fight, I'd call it. It wasn't, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be pretty critical of uh, myself and how I performed, but we ended up getting the win, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a war, but... It was good. No, it was a good fight. You know, you, you had you had a very you had quite quite a good opponent. The, the guy the guy was, was a tough guy. Was yeah. Tough guy. So which which was good. That's the point. You know, you you want you know to to fight with with a decent decent opponent so you can grow. Uh, so there there's quite a bit of discussion going on on the Facebook page. You know, people you know like uh, for cage and why I was not in cage and stuff and against the match so now like we were speaking about Melbourne, you actually compete in both yeah competing cage in melbourne like before and you compete in, on mat now so how would you do you would compare you know the the both experience do you find any difference or per, per, look for cage i think cage you'll get more finishes there's no doubt you know whether it's a wrestler or a striker whoever can bring the game to their side Oh, into their own game that they're you know say a grappler versus striker the cage can benefit the grappler if he can if he's got good you know takedowns and then the cage can also benefit the striker if he can keep it striking so the cage is like if you want to call it, it's like a steroid it's only going to increase the the likelihood of either one winning depending on who can bring their game the mat i feel in the mat you to to, to implement your game plan you've got to be more technical i believe because you don't have the tools of like boxing someone in or cutting them off. You've, like for, I, I fatigued like a lot quicker than I expected because I had to be moving so much because my guy was bigger than me. He was walking me down. He was um he wanted to kind of brawl. That's what I was, you know, getting. So I had to keep moving a lot. And with the mats, you, you've got to do a lot of moving. It's not like a cage. A cage, you can change the angle, get him up against the cage and, you know, work takedowns and stuff. But first round, I struggled a bit with getting him down. Um, because there was nothing where I could pin them up against and work it. It was very slippery and awkward. So the case, you just got to work harder on the mats. That's all I believe. In terms of if someone wants to fight, you'll fight on the on the mats or on a cage or whatever you've got. You know, like Khabib's, couple of Khabib's pro MMA fights were on mats. So at the end of the day, it's just a, I think people that want, the main people that will kind of, get angry about it or make a scene about it uh, they might not like me saying that but all the ones that want you know the show of like oh i fought in the cage like look at me it's like at the end of the day anyone that's doing combat sports has got balls that's the bottom line whether you're in a cage or on the mats you know anyone can get knocked out anyone can hurt themselves well so. the thing is if if you look over the general statistics actually the cage is dominated by athletes coming from a mud-based sport either wrestlers or bj guys because you've got to be or, better you got to be more guys. technical because uh, my perspective, and that's why I, I actually support like amateur fights on, on mats, is because just because on mats is harder to, to finish. And which, implement your plan. Which means you have to win by, by game plan, by strategy, by technique. And uh, that 
uh, so the, the same in the in the, the same as like when uh, uh, you're getting better in, in 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 the game in the sports uh, like depending how how much of course depend of the quality of mat time but like generally depends on how much mat time you have yeah being good as a as an athlete as a computer you're becoming with your fight experience you gain more fight experience you spend more time fighting yeah and that's what actually mat gives to you because it's harder because it, it's, it's, it's a bit harder, harder to it finish 100 percent it it forces you uh, to polish your technique and your and your game plan and to to impose your game for longer time so you actually 100%. get more competition experience yeah. than if it was in confined area 100 percent. and and you've and, got... and the end of the day it's harder but at the same time it's safer because uh yeah. injuries happen for what we call finishing in in, in yeah. combo sport it means you are you're knocked knocked down or like uh, yeah or you're cranked or in yeah. submissions. And submissions are like no normally you tap, you know, it Pretty shouldn't sad, be an injury. Yeah. But the the most dangerous is getting concussion. Because you don't get better, right? You don't get your chin yeah. never gets stronger. Yeah. And especially for uh, trying not to, to build a grassroots MMA from you know for, for people just to be able to practice the sport before they excel it into a national level when they compete in cage. I think like the, the mat is very beneficial because they give them give people the chance to to experience and to practice their sport without being injured before they they reach national team level when they they have go to and cage. go and cage going in cage is very easy transition like i know people probably go oh you got it it's it going from mat to cage is is, is easy transition there's the, well I, I went from from mat to cage okay yeah. i had like a ring experience but uh, the principles it, it are change, the same it doesn't the only change thing nothing is, like the, actually no like uh, uh, when when I had to play like uh, takedowns in cage, it's actually easier because the guy cannot run away. You, yeah. you, the cage is actually helping you know to 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 grab it and yeah. to turn. The cage is practically similar as as ground game. Yeah. It's just the ground is vertical. Yeah. But other exactly. than that, is 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 very similar. Hundred percent. And you wouldn't. And like the only thing that you for someone that say never competed in a cage is like takedown defense off the cage. Is something that you'd have to train but you won't have to learn anything new everything is, else is the same the thing is cutting corners uh, of course there's a bit tips and tricks uh with with the cage like but, takedowns but but from uh from the guy who is uh who is pushing the takedowns it the cage is more helping yeah helping you to get the takedown uh, uh it it only changes the game in a in a way that uh, if you're a guy who is trying to keep standing yeah and so you're not the, the guy who is playing takedowns it helps you to stand up yeah that's that's exactly. a bit different it helps it's, you pin someone against yeah, it support well. uh, people who are like uh, don't have a like, good takedown game so they're not pushing the takedowns takedown game it help them to you know to to stand up yeah that 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 could be a difference but uh, what, what i wanted to say is uh, as a technical arsenal, you know the techniques that they perform with the cage. Are, of course, nice. the, it's dead bits and tips there. There's like uh, you know th interesting thing there. But compared to uh, to the to Matt. to the uh, no compared to the other number of techniques in standing, standing including striking, clinch, and takedowns and ground game. It's uh, they're, they're less than twenty percent of the game, I would oh, say. That. Probably, pro probably that, that's that. even even. But more. even then, if you're able to take someone down without a cage, taking someone down with a cage is going to be easier. That's what so I'm saying. Know, if, yeah, so if 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 you have a good takedown game, the cage is actually helping yeah. you take down game. Because it's that, that's the thing. Like I found, like you can't really push. Like you know, with with mats, you can't. 
go for a double and just keep pushing, 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 pushing. Because if you push, you're off the mat. So you've got to cut the corner. You've got to change a few things. You've got to be more proficient at your art, whether it's going to be whether you're a striker or a grappler or whatever your your game plan is. You've got to be more proficient to have more success on the mats. Because we we had to pretty much change. You know, originally we wanted to take him down, and then I didn't have much luck, and then we had to change tactics a couple times throughout the fight to get where we wanted to get to. So. I, th- I, th- I found it actually harder fighting on mats because it's harder to finish the guy. Like you saw, we hit him with some good shots and it's, it's just harder. It's not, um, it's not that simple. So, But at the end of the day, it's the ones that are going to really kick up a stink are the ones that want, you know, are the same ones that are going to compete in like other fight nights and stuff to, you know, for the experience and the show and all that, which will eventually come, you know. If someone's goal is to hit the UFC or be, be in... Um, in any no, one no, of those I, big promotions, I, there, I'm, though, not, there. I'm not against fighting in cage. I just think that this, it's it's important to have a mat-based tournament for for people you know to excel to to the level to yes. compete in cage. That's, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm agreeing with you because I'm saying like for the ones that want just the show and the fight nights and all that, that's all well and cool, but it's not going to get you to the UFC. And also the thing is, uh, uh, it's important these kind of tournaments to be on mats because. Uh, it's a tournament. It's not a single fight. So if uh, your bracket is populated, you might have to have like two, three fights in in in, in one day. Yeah. So if if you have to do, perform this in confined area and you're a new camp hitter and all this uh, uh, brain uh, uh, brain damage accumulates, you actually ask it. You're asking for injury, and the point is not to have this one to clear the sport from from this to to let the sport you know to to grow in a, in a safer combo sport can be until uh, computers get this experience get this level to be proficient enough not to defend themselves good enough not not to get this this kind of damage exactly because you'll always get hurt it's just about how hurt you get you absolutely know, a good a good you know someone that's proficient will eventually you'll take damage but you're not going to be brutally hurt you, you're gonna still you know be walking by the end of the day yeah of course to a reasonable degree like if, if we, we you want to remove like all the hurting out of the game, it's not going to be combat sport anymore. Yeah. As the, the point is to be as, as reasonable it can, so that the sport can be massive. Sport can be massive, like people can can uh, enjoy this sport. Like, and to, to understand, the MMA is not only for people who are striving, you know, to get like world champions or to get to UFC. Mm. Uh, MMA is a sport that can be practiced from everyone, like uh, till young age to to adults who. Who, who enjoy yeah. you just go because go have a fight and even realistically like say self-defense right with all these like martial arts that are available the only real self-defense in my eyes is you got mma and if, if you want to be confident in what you're training you can go compete a couple times for someone to validate to themselves like okay if i can beat someone that's training to kick my ass then you can guarantee that when you're on the streets you're going to be able to hold yourself so depending on their goals as you said everyone can draw what they want out of it whether it's to reach you know the UFC, or just simply to validate what they're training. It is because if you're training, you may as well train like you're going to compete, or you don't train, so you don't waste your time. Because you want to be able to at least go, okay, you trained MMA for six months, you have six months to show. You've trained it for five years, you have five years to show. But what's worse than training for a year and a half at a social place or somewhere that doesn't compete or aren't competitor based, and then you go and you go train somewhere else and you look like a complete idiot? Absolutely, and. Uh... Part of the fun, at, at least for me, I may be biased because I'm a very pro comp, but part of the fun is to be able to test your techniques again. 
because when you when you when you train you know like you spar with the same people you kind of know each other's moves yeah you like. know their favorite moves and uh in in a way they know what to expect from you you know what to expect to them yeah you're catching each other and improving but it's not like going to to compete against someone who has like a bit different style so it, it gives yeah. a bit of a tweak so oh like he's doing this to me i try to apply my moves and and that shows okay are my moves uh polished enough to work or I need to to you know to, to tweak them a things. bit, to adjust them a bit, or maybe I'm not, not tight enough in my in my favorite submission hold, and uh, I have to do this, I have to do that. That helps you helps you know to to get better. Like even if you're training for the for the fun part of it, just just for, for yeah, at fun. least you train properly. Having having a, a competition, you can actually perform your moves in 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 a safe manner. It actually helps you know to get better because like there is an old saying which is pretty rough though, but I I, I think it's, it's it's quite valid, you know. A competition is equal of three months training. You yeah. want so much just for just for hundred percent being being on competition. 100%. You can always see a difference, you know, like when you when you go in the gym you have people who train for ten years and never compete, and you have a guy who's trained for two years and competing actively. Yeah. You can you can say a difference. The guy who is who is competing excels so fast and he's like so better despite that he, he doesn't he trains for, for less time from from these people. He just the intention that you put is very important. Exactly, because it, it all becomes very different when you've got to, you know, compete compared to your sparring, compared to what you're doing. You've got to make sometimes like adjustments and, you know, things aren't always going to go to plan. You might walk in with a certain game plan, but at the same time, you've also got to be able to adapt. And I think that's the most important thing is being able to adapt to what the fight's giving you. Because you might walk in, you've got your strength, he's got his strength, you want to try and bring the game to your side, but then... You might see it's something else there that's a big opening. You've got to be able to take it and make the the relevant adjustments and um, capitalize on it. So well, I was I was very happy as uh, you know being organizing this tournament of the atmosphere because it's it's rare to see on on a fight tournament like people pretty much like warming up together, go having a fight, yeah. and they coming back chatting. Like there yeah. was it was very friendly atmosphere, oh, which very is very friendly. rare for a for MMA tournament. There yeah. was like. Like pretty much like warming up together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have to separate blue corner, yeah, red corner. Going, going, going up together, like f f fighting, fighting their match. Yeah. Testing their skills, coming back and chatting, and like everyone was cool. Exactly. Was was awesome. That's like, beautiful. And that's what was, sports about. You know. Yeah, yeah. That it was very sport atmosphere. There was there was no drinking, no smoking on on the venue. It was just pure pure sport and it sport was environment. Pretty quiet too, which was nice. I know the PCYC sent us an email. They said, "Oh, it's quiet. Should we put a DJ for next time?" But I actually like it because it's like. You know, the, the, the competitors can only. think, you know, you, you can, because you got to think a lot in a fight. You can't just sit there and go through your motions and, and do what you want. So when you've got people yelling and screaming and yeah, it's just like, for well, me, the it's, these I don't, tournaments I don't enjoy to, that. to practice your sport. Yeah. Right. It's, these tournaments are designed for, for the athletes, not, not so much for the spectators. Of course, but we had a pretty, pretty good fights. So, uh, yeah. Like I just, just got the, the, the official videos and yeah. I'm about to upload them on the, on the MMF uh, uh, Facebook page, we have pretty pretty good fights. Even the youngsters made make good fights. They're yeah. going back and forth. There was no like uh, single fight that just went like one side. It was there was very balanced. Yeah. So everyone was able to to show their skills, win or lose, yeah. to learn from their mistakes. And I think everyone, everyone, at least the feedback I got up up to now from also from the other from the other guys who who get get gold. It's pretty pretty positive. They all have fun, and uh, oh, ne time. next time, uh, next time, sure everyone's probably they will come with with the bigger team. So yeah. should be I'm fun sure, yeah, eventually be. in Sydney. Yeah, Sydney will be good. But yeah, so that's 
yeah, it was definitely definitely a successful competition. I reckon it was. Um, but the, yeah, like you said, the the sportsmanship was is the best thing, you know. And you could, because you know, when you fight, you've got bad intentions. Obviously, you don't want to hurt the person. You know, like you know, when you say bad intentions, everyone thinks, oh, MMA people are savage. It's like you know, I pray before every fight, every competition. Like, and this is, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I pray that everyone walks home uninjured. Okay, you want to try and knock the guy out, you want to try and beat him, but you don't want to injure the person you're fighting. And that's just because at the end of the day, everyone's got the same goal. They want to win. they got the same dream, whether they want to be pro. Like, you always wish, you, you want to beat the guy, you want to dominate the guy, but you always, you never have, like, I for me at least, I never have the intention to go, like, I want to put this guy in a wheelchair. It's never like that. You always wish him to be healthy afterwards. You wish for you to be healthy. He goes home to his family. You go home to your family, you know, regardless of how the fight goes. I mean, and sometimes it's not always going to be like that, but... The you know when you fight with intention, it's not evil intention. It's you're there to yeah, win. Yeah, and... you, you you are not lit. And the thing is, uh, like we know rules. We all share the same dream. We yeah. want to get better in this uh, this kind of you know uh, crazy sport. Yeah, that, that that that's absolutely fair. You know, like you're you're trying to hurt the other guy, but it's kind of you know you have a mutual agreement. We're gonna fight, but yeah. we're gonna fight within these rules. Yeah. And we both agree on that, so yeah. and we go full on. That's it. Full it's on, like, and then yeah, that's it. And yeah, I mean, like I always get get annoyed when you see these people throwing in late shots after someone's already knocked out, and yeah. Whatever, but you know, it's, well, it, it's, it's, it's always, always going to be there. But yeah, uh, us. But this I, breeds I, good sportsmanship. It, it, shows yeah. like this, it's, it's not going to encourage shit talkers like fight nights. You know, everyone's going to try and sell tickets and talk shit. Or sometimes, not yeah, all the time. I find this like uh, you know, like recently, you know, like since uh, UFC got uh, bought by this uh, you know WWE guys, it is kind of you know getting more and more. But it's annoying, especially if you're into the combo sport and martial arts. That's annoying. And it, uh, if you're more on the coaching side, or at least a bit on the coaching side. You see how bad influence that has on the sport because yeah, people, the youngest, the amateurs start trying to do it. They start to pick and choose fights and want to talk and what yeah, like, and like as amateur, your your goal is to fight. You know, it doesn't matter what actually happens. Yeah, as long as you're able to to fight and to compete in practice and, and healthy, fight, yeah, it, exactly. that's the point. And then you know, like it's it's I uh, we was we was talking before like the culture here for MMA is upside down than the one in Europe. Yeah. In Europe, you grow as an amateur, you get better, and then you turn here. Like everyone is like, even the amateurs, they 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 like uh, they they behaving or like uh, yeah, acting like acting pros. acting as pros. Yeah. They just don't get paid for that. But yeah. it's that doesn't doesn't build a, a strong foundation for for sport. Nice. You need you need to have time to make your mistakes, uh, not being judged so heavy. Yeah. So you you can you can grow as an athlete. And of course, if you're talented, if you if you want to do it, if you want to make the sacrifice involved, because it actually being a being a pro comp- competitor in in combat sport, it's 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 fun, but it's hard work. Of course, your diet's got to be on point. You have everything. And you have to be point. really good. Yeah. Right. I, I'm 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 strictly. I won't advise anyone who hasn't like won like international competition to to become pro because what's the point? Yeah, you know, like uh, you can't win. if if you turn pro, you want to be world champion, right? That yeah. that's only what matters. So, why you should do that if you're not world champion as amateurs? Yeah, like you, it turn, become world champion and then then turn pro after. Yeah, and uh, as you see, like last year, like five guys from the from the MMF, like they sign up for UFC straight yeah. away. They're fresh. They're not injured. They yeah. have like probably like ten or more years uh, lifetime as an athlete. Yeah. 
and they have full chances actually to to take the belt to become world champions because yeah. pro, some a big problem for with uh, with fighters who get into UFC on later stage of their careers is that they already like carry their injuries they had their yeah. wars and the chains have been knocked and, out a couple yeah of and they they like uh, the, the, it's unfortunately it's fact that the injuries and uh, and and damage accumulates. Oh, it doesn't get easier to recover. Yes, and if you reach to UFC on later stage of your career, you have less chances to become UFC champion yeah. because you have to carry all these injuries. Uh, you have to adapt your train. You have to go go around. It's hard. It becomes harder and hard. Ideally, the the pathway that I may provide is is for me ideal path because you become world champion. You're still fresh. You're yeah. young. You was competing under amateur rules, so yeah. you're not uh, wasted. Uh, 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 the good thing too, sorry, is, is like the no elbows and knees to the head, right? That's you don't what I'm get, saying. You don't, you don't get a build-up of scar get, tissue because you, you won't the, cut easy. Yeah. Like you look at the Diaz brothers, man, they got like half a ton of scar tissue yeah. under each eye. So it's like... So you excel practicing your sport without without getting all this, all this damage. And then when you turn pro, you still have like... A lot of room to to develop to get yeah. good and there's small adjustments achieve. you know like it's not like you're relearning how to walk they're yeah, just smaller yeah. you know when you start being okay knees to the head you i mean depending on the fighter you don't go into every fight going i'm going to knock him out with the knee to the head you know like when you get in the clinch you start throwing the knees to the head whatever it's a small adjustment it's not your whole game's not built around Absolutely. purely that one or knocking so cutting someone up you don't go and go oh, i'm going to Get them with elbows for the whole fight. Like, yeah, it's just small adjustments that you do when you see it. It's not something that's gonna. It's have part to change of the game that yeah. you can you can add if if you're gonna run them if, if if they fit your style. But you can e- easily build this game if you have the everything else. You can build this. this it's all game mainly in six like months. the kicking, punching, wrestling, ground and pound. That's where yeah. the sports at. Everything else is like you know the cream on top. You know, yeah, yeah. little finishes. You spice yeah. it up. So knees to the head, it just it just one technique more. Like exactly, if you if you're a trained athlete and already a champion, how much time time you need to add one more technique? You you're doing this all the time. Yeah, yeah. every week so you add you add new moves. Yeah. So if uh, if the knee to the head is is something that you're gonna do, you you go you're gonna add it for. But you only a do it if weeks. you see it. You don't go in to perp yeah. like just. I mean, dep- obviously, once again, depending on the fight, some people will, but. As in, it's not something that's gonna. Yeah, make but you're or not break doing you. in every fight. It depends on exactly. your opponent. It's, 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 there, it's, it's it. not like jab. Yeah. Right. Like obviously you cannot yeah, yeah. fight without jab. Yeah. But well, you 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 can fight. You you can adjust if you need need a, a knee to the head. Yeah, you're gonna adjust. You're gonna train yeah. it. And you're gonna you're gonna put it in. Yeah, it's 100%. not it's not that much. Hundred uh, percent. One more question, personal. Uh, which qualities of yours? you think made you champion in this competition? Mm. Um, I think it's my brain. I'm sure you know, like I'm very like, <laughs> uh, my I, brain's I a very so. wild brain. Like it's, it's, it's all over the place, but I'm very analytical at the same time. Like I can, and that, that's what we were talking after the fight. Like while I'm fighting, I make adjustments. If I see what someone's trying to do to me, I draw certain reactions and I can, you know, like we said, first round we're trying to take him down. And I noticed he was trying to hit me with the uppercut on the way in. Okay, so then on the second round, I made some more adjustments, and then I was actually fainting, drawing the uppercut, hitting with the overhand, then going for the shoot. So I started to um, 
So those was making those adjustments throughout the fight, which actually landed me the, uh, more and more success in, in terms, I think, was the reason why I dominated. Because then the third round, again, the same thing was um, working off the striking and making constant adjustments and moving. So I think it was, I'd say it's my analytical side. I always like to analyze, work out, um, and it can be a good or a bad thing, but I'm one of those people, like, we could have a game plan, but if it's not working, for example, and then there's another opportunity that we might see between rounds, I can switch my game plan 180 degrees without without being too worried about it. So I'd say it's uh, being able to adapt um, to what's in front of me. Sweet. Uh, your favorite move? Favorite move. In the fight? Whatever. Man, yeah. my favorite move is probably the stupidest move, but I don't know. I've been liking the rear uppercut. I landed that a couple of times in the fight. It was good. It's a bit of a weird punch, but... Found its home a couple of times, but um, yeah, I mean, I like all sorts of crazy shit, but that's all aside. <laughs> uh, next challenge for you, uh, were you supposed to fight in Girls Strong Fight Night? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, apparently, your leg is, is, is not, yeah, not perfect. I'm not sure what I did to it, I gotta get it. So, you'll be tomorrow. reaching out. <laughs> yeah. no, I gotta get scans on it tomorrow, just make sure it's all clear. Um, it's been going numb every time I've hit it in the same spot so it's got to suss out what's wrong with it and then hopefully from there we go to new south wales in a month just over yeah hopefully we'll be that. healthy we will go with the team there in, on sydney comp oh and um grappling comp okay let's talk about grappling yeah. comp uh, we actually had like a interesting idea to to make a bit a bit of different grappling comp uh you know very very free as rules and uh, it's it's Something similar to uh, some companies we have doing back back in Bulgaria and Eastern Europe. It was it was like very fun rules, at least I love them because they, they open like you to, to play whatever you want. So yeah, go go ahead. Tell, tell you. Yesterday yesterday when we had like this big talk about the comp. Uh, yesterday. Oh yesterday. What's today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, we met on Sunday. Last week. Sunday. Last week. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we met on Sunday. Yeah, so the, basically with this uh, rule base, all leg locks are allowed, um, all submissions, everything but neck cranks. Obviously, we don't want to be putting people in wheelchairs. We don't want to get hurt ourselves. So no neck cranks, slams, spiking, all that stuff because obviously we want to protect the head and the spine. But uh, in terms of leg locks, it's all free, free to go. Um, obviously, with these rules, you know, sportsmanship's got to go hand in hand because this is giving everyone a chance to play under fun rule set uh, for people that aspire to become eventually pro grapplers it's a good chance to start playing with these with the sim pretty much the same rules that they'll be playing you know in polaris or adcc as a, as a yeah elite, we, so. we have a we have a teammate who is in uk stefan petrov who just qualified for polaris and uh, uh Kind of his experience influences us to uh, to to create this rule set here for the for the Queensland community in Australia grappling community because uh, apparently in legwork start to play a big big role now in professional grappling at least like uh, looking at his game you know he almost every 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 comp recently he yeah, he, it's, he, it's he, a leg he, he took he took couple couple of heel hooks away yeah and uh, you know knowledge how to apply and how to defend uh, leg walks is is becomes crucial for in for the grappling game so yeah so we 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 had this uh, this idea and we we're about to announce it officially very soon but that's kind of you know preview of it so the competition is gonna is gonna be 10 minute rounds so everything goes no points 
and uh, sub only. Sub only. So, but the thing is, uh, you in a bracket, and uh, if you don't get submission for for a match, both both of the the athletes fall of the bracket. So, it's ten minutes. It's a lot of time, but you have to be active. You have to chase this submission if you want to keep keep going to, to the bracket. And that, that's sometimes. The thing is, like uh, when I was doing these uh, these rules uh, back home, it, because everyone was afraid not to end up yeah, being dropped in the bracket, getting... it it creates crazy scrambles, like very beautiful grappling matches, and uh, and we never had some uh, some match that ended up as a draw. Then people have... someone will make a mistake, especially when they're both going at it. Especially with ten minutes, uh, when does when the scramble goes? Eventually, you know, like at and no one's going to wait and... till the ten minute. They all want to try and finish and, it quickly. And then, uh, yeah, you have to finish it yeah. quickly because then you have another ten minute match, right? So you have to be super efficient of applying your your submissions. So everyone was going was going hard and was creating beautiful matches because just the pressure that you have to finish someone, otherwise you fall the bracket, yeah. makes you know to. To chase your submission, which is, uh, I, from from my perspective, is very good for developing your MMA game because MMA game is about finish. Yeah. So uh, this uh, creates a hard competition that uh, you know pushes you to to go to chase this yeah, submission finish. Yeah, you got to go for it from the bell. You can't wait till the end because it's too late. You're gone. Yeah, and uh, that also like even if you're in inferior position. Your opponent has to go for submission, yeah. which creates opening for you, you know, to play from the bottom if you're like yeah. in the inferior position. So that also like uh, takes away stalling because you cannot you cannot store a match. You have to get a submission. So to well, get a submission, stall, you have to risk. It's gonna you're gonna lose and your guy's yeah. gonna lose. But yes, that's that's we're pretty excited for that. And um, as also we said we'll we're we'll, gonna we'll organize um for the between the three divisions we're gonna have beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Whoever's got the most wins. In each um, experience division, if we want to call them that, uh, there'll be cash prizes available at the end of the year. So your wins get tallied up, and the last tournament of the year will announce the winners. Um, so whoever's got the most wins out of the beginners from in the adults, so from say sixty kilos through to the heavyweights, the person with the most wins in the beginners division, regardless of weight, will win. So the idea is, is we want it, we want people. Uh, and it's, it's a good platform to actively compete under this pretty cool rule set. So we will be trying to hold them every three months. Um, that's the goal. The goal is to have it have it regular, so everyone is... is and there'll be pretty good cash goal. prizes. I mean, it just obviously depends on how well the tournament goes. And But uh, what, what do we say? We're going to put 20% aside. 20% from each tournament, well, something we'll like that. we figure out, like, uh, we... we... We're still about, you know, to look for sponsors yeah. and uh, to see what, yeah, we, what can we can do. do. So, but they will be good prizes. They're definitely going to be well worth the um, well worth the at, time. At at minimum, the the prize will cover your competition's fee for the year. Yeah. And uh, the idea is, uh, you know, like depends from the sponsors we're able to attract. It might might go like yeah, make it make it good. The sky yeah. is the limit, you know. hundred oh, percent. Depends from the support that we get. So. Stay tuned and uh, yeah, yeah that's going to be that's still going to be... come up for a name. So if anyone's got ideas, shoot them through. Yes, uh, I had idea. I'll keep keeping keep it for now and uh, yeah, we'll see before before I announce it. If someone else come with a better idea, with a better idea, feel feel free and yeah, we have to figure a price for someone who who invented better name than the one I have online. Give them free free um, they can have free competition for the year. 
if there's someone that we choose that has a good name and we end up running with it, I reckon we give them. Sweet, here we go. If you have, if you, if you guys have have a great great idea for for name for for this uh, this kind of challenge and totally. and tournament, feel free to to kick it in and you get a free. So it's, uh, it's going to be free com- for free competitions. Yeah, and for free competition for the year. Possibly, and you, you, you might win the, win the if, if you're good enough to get the cash prize. It, it may actually get, get hit <laughs> way, way on top. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm right, looking forward to it. I think that was a, a nice nice uh, way to end up this, this episode. So, the traditional question. So, now you as an athlete, not as a traveler on, on the episode. <laughs> so, from your perspective, what is worth fighting for? What is worth fighting for? I don't know. Like to be honest, you know, really honest. I don't like me personally. I don't think anything's worth fighting for unless it's your land. Okay, I'm Lebanese. You know, if someone comes to your land, you got to kill them. But <laughs> other than that, realistically, there's you know, I always thought you like. I, I reckon it's your land. That's the only thing really worth fighting for. Like I know people will start going, oh, like. Okay, your family, you fight for your family, but competing in MMA really, it's um, it's a sport, you know. Like I, I don't get emotionally invested in the fight itself, you know. I treat it like it's a game, and it's like I've got to beat the other person, you know, and try and tactically do it. So I'd say you land in your family, <laughs> coming from a war-torn country. Sweet, bro. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, thank was you. Fun to do another one. That was good. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Faisal Podcast. Subscribe in your podcast app to receive the next episode where I talk with the man who introduced BJ in my country and is now working for ADCC as organizer and referee. He is also the man who created curriculums to introduce BJJ into Abu Dhabi public schools and armed forces. One of the very important people in the BJ world, being very humble in the same time, whom I have the honor to call not only my great friend but also my first BJJ coach. He's advisor at Global Aerospace Logistics Corporation and BJ Black Belt Lubomir Gejev.